culture is behavior. And so what the guaranteed customer experience model does is it allows you to operationalize those behaviors. Welcome to the Conversations That Matter podcast from Unicorn, the podcast that dives into real conversations that are happening in contact centers around the world. Here you'll experience exciting interviews with well-known thought leaders, hear compelling stories from industry experts, gain fresh insights on contact center best practices and more. So grab a beverage and tune in as we get real with conversations that matter. All right, everyone. Welcome to a great episode. To my left, <laughs> there we go, is Jeff Toyster. Jeff, exactly. A little Wakanda there. Jeff, uh, welcome. I appreciate you being on the show today. I've been loving reading your book uh, called The Guaranteed Customer Experience. So uh, thanks for joining. Randy, thanks for having me here. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, so it's a good time. You're in San Diego, as we were talking about uh, before we started recording here. And I'm over here in the Northern California. And to start off, uh, before we get to more about the book and how organizations can learn how to actually have a guaranteed customer experience and what those elements are to actually build one, let's learn more about you and let's do a quick rapid fire. How does that sound to you? That sounds good. As long as it's rapid. Rapid, quick answers, whatever comes top of your mind. You know, we aren't TechCrunch here. We aren't trying to stump you and uh, get the latest scoop on your life. But, okay. <laughs> you know, we will, uh, we will start off with some, uh, some fun questions. All right. So first one, uh, and, and you've been in the customer experience industry uh, for a while. What was your first job? So uh, we were talking before we got started. I wonder, did you have Miller's Outpost near you when you were a kid? Yes, I did. Uh, of okay. Course. So for, for listeners who don't know about Miller's Outpost, it's long <laughs> gone. But when I was growing up and Randy, I imagine when you were growing up too, like yeah. Miller's was the place where I wanted to buy all my clothes. It was cool. All the cool kids shopped there and I aspired to be a cool kid, even though I, I never quite reached that plateau. My first job was working at Miller's Outpost. And okay. how would I know that that would mean so much to me. I learned about customer service in that retail job. Of course, yeah. I also discovered my passion, not just for helping customers, but for helping other people grow. And so every job I've had since then has had some element of customer service, but also training as well. And that's been my whole career. Well, that's awesome. So did you learn how to fold properly the right way? There is a technique, and I will tell you that to this day, it bothers me just a little to see maybe a stack of, of jeans or shirts that are yeah. not folded properly. I spent many hours on that technique. It, it is a technique. My wife and I were watching Marie Kondo. I don't know if you ever watched her, and, and she loves to, she has a certain particular way of folding and is very organized. She's an organizer and, and put it into the you know, you fold it this way and then you put it into your drawers and it's, it's impeccable. All right. So uh, I digress on that. <laughs> All right. I asked this uh, to a lot of people, what is the most overused word in customer experience and, and maybe even customer service? The word customer experience, I feel, <laughs> is completely overused. Yeah. And, and the reason is sometimes we use it to mean customer experience and sometimes we use it to get fancy when we're really talking about customer service. And I feel that does us a, a disservice. So for listeners tuning in, they're like, what's the difference? I think real quickly, customer experience is pretty much every touch point that a company has with, uh, or I should say customers have with your product, service, or brand. 
Customer service is a subset of that. That's the help, advice, or assistance that a company provides to people who purchase or use its products. And when we rename the contact center the customer experience center, for example, I think sometimes that that changes the internal dialogue about products, delivery, support, all those other things that are important to the experience but aren't part of service. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Right. So we uh, like to really understand what's a brand that has really meant maybe a lot to you. Maybe you referred it to a friend and maybe it's because you had a really positive experience with them. And I know you talked about a couple of brands in the book, but maybe you can talk about one brand that you've had a really positive experience with that you've you know started telling a lot of people about. Well, a secret I'll share with you is that all of the companies that I profile in the book are companies that I'm personally a consumer, I'm personally a fan. And so even if I'm not sharing my story, I'm a fan of those brands. I'll give you one. If your listeners are in Texas, they know about this brand. It's called Bucky's. It is a gas station convenience store. Now, why do I own a Bucky's t-shirt? Why does my dog have a, a Bucky's bandana and a Bucky's leash? <laughs> the reason is they do one thing that's so dead simple. I don't understand why no one else gets this. They have the cleanest restrooms in America. And if you're on a road trip, that's what you're looking for. Totally. Above yeah. All else. So they have amazingly clean restrooms. And that's a big part of their advertising. It's a big part of their customer experience. But then once you get there, they have a better selection. They have better prices. They have things you'll never see other places like a hot barbecue station or homemade candy or, or beef jerky. So Bucky's has a little bit of everything. And I'm definitely a fan. The only convenience store where I own some of the merch. Yeah, and that, that is true. I mean, I think about, I mean, that's really unique. I mean, I think about, you know, driving down to San Diego from Northern California. I mean, there's a couple of places I go to where I, I go out of my way because I want to have a, a good experience and, you know, good food, good bathrooms, all that stuff. So that's that's pretty cool. So I'll have to check out Bucky's next time I'm, I'm in Texas. All right. And next is... If you, hypothetically, you're calling into, we'll say, Bucky's customer experience uh, call center or something like that, or or any brand, and there was a celebrity that was answering the call, solved all your problems, kept you at ease, acknowledged what your issue was, and then, of course, solved it, who would that celebrity be? This could be someone that's either dead or alive, rock star or, or movie star. Who would that be? The funny thing about celebrities is I often tell people, a story about how excited I was the first time I met John Goodman. And oh, yeah. people say, wow, that like, I like his movies. Like which movie? And I'm like, whoa, 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 I'm not talking about that John Goodman. I'm talking about John Goodman, the customer service celebrity. So <laughs> okay. and you mentioned Rockstar. I mean, to me, if you've ever said to someone, you know, a happy customer will tell five people, but an angry customer will tell 10. <laughs> you're quoting... <laughs> From a John Goodman study, and, and I think he's one of the pioneers in our industry. And so I would be pretty, pretty stoked if he answered the call because I'm pretty sure he'd be able to help me out. That's awesome. I was thinking that you're going to talk about the dude or something. Right, exactly. Like that. Right? <laughs> I have to explain that to a lot of people yeah. because they always think of John Goodman, the actor. But yeah. yeah, I think of John Goodman, the customer service icon. For sure, for sure. And what is one thing that is not on your LinkedIn profile? Ooh, you can see over my left shoulder, it's a little bit dark. Yeah. There's like a desert landscape. Yeah, yeah. I really enjoy the outdoors and I like hiking. 
quite a bit. One of the things I love about living in San Diego is is not necessarily the beach and palm trees, which is great, uh-huh. but we have access to a ton of outdoors and wilderness, including mountains and even desert. And I like spending time out there as much as I can. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's a great place. My brother lives there and he's always sending me pictures of different hikes and uh, <laughs> camping trips that he goes on that are all within kind of like an hour, hour and a half kind yeah. of radius. San Diego. So that's, that's pretty cool. All right. Well, uh, let's get into, uh, the book. So for those that don't know, uh, Jeff just came out with a book called the guaranteed customer experience. And I've been reading it. I have it here on my, on my Kindle. It's right. Of course the Kindle crap. <laughs> here it is coming. It's coming. It knows when you're live. It knows when you're live. Exactly. So here's my Kindle I'm reading it right now. And I think what I love about this book is the, the great examples of, of guarantees, the definition of a guarantee, and then your kind of breakdown of what the promise is and how people can actually implement it with kind of the three elements that you talked about. So uh, for those that haven't heard of the book, can you give us a, a quick little summary about what the book is about? I, I can. I, you know, I really wrote this book to solve the problem that so many customer experience professionals have, which is... We know it's important, but it's so complicated. How can we find something you know, just to focus on that will allow us to improve our customers' experience? And, and I realized that a lot of it just comes down to the promises that we keep as a brand, mm-hmm. as a product, even as an individual. And so that's what the book addresses. It, it explains in, in detail how you can win and retain more customers. And just by keeping your promises, and we do this by applying a very familiar framework, which is a guarantee. I think most of us know like a product or service guarantee. Yeah. A guarantee is really just a promise intended to provide assurance. So as you refer to, there's three simple steps. One, we make a promise to our customers that's meaningful, that says, you've got a problem and we promise that we can solve it for you. That's what brings customers in. The second is we take action to keep it. You know, earlier I talked about Bucky's. You know, I, I last week and I was on a road trip. There was no Bucky's available, <laughs> and I see a, a, a billboard that says, "Oh, we have extra clean restrooms." Okay, I'm in. <laughs> so I go in, and spoiler alert: the restrooms were not extra clean. They were kind of dirty. Yeah. And so I'm not talking about that company today. In fact, on my return trip, I bypassed that store. And went somewhere else because they broke their promise. So it's not enough to say, we'll take care of you. You have to take action to keep it. And the third element is is recovery. Try as you might. You will not keep 100% of your promises. So you have to have a process in place to restore trust in the event a promise is broken. And that's what the book is all about. That's that's awesome. So promise, action, and recovery. That's it. Sometimes recovery is... uh, is necessary. You always have to have that plan, right? I mean, you can't uh, not have that backup plan and because uh, there's situations happen, no matter if you have a guarantee or not, right? They do. And, and I found that in, in the contact center world, one of the things I think we talked earlier about, I, I think customer experience is overused. Right. If you think about that process, promise, action, recovery, most of the time, the contact center comes into play during the recovery phase. Something is already wrong. Yeah, yeah. And it's our role to restore trust. But I've worked in contact centers. I've, I've been a contact center manager, a contact center trainer. Mm-hmm. 
a frontline agent. And I can tell you, we're, we're not training our agents on the art of recovery. Saying I'm sorry and then doing the thing is not really recovery. Recovery is restoring trust and confidence. And so it's often doing something to provide assurance to customers. Hey, this was a one-time deal. We acknowledge the error and we're going to prove to you that we can fix it. And and I'll give you an example. One company I'm a huge fan of is Samuel Hubbard. Mm -hmm. So they make really, really comfortable shoes. And one of their promises is that these shoes will last a long time. And I own a lot of pairs because they keep their promise. But I bought a pair of shoes recently and they started falling apart a lot sooner than they should. Yeah, I took a picture. I emailed it to Samuel Hubbard's customer service team. And here's what they did to restore trust. I got an email right away and said, hey, that shouldn't happen. We apologize. Okay. We're going to send you a new pair of shoes to replace those. We're going to share your feedback because we don't want this to keep happening. And by the way, don't bother returning the pair of shoes you already have. We've seen the picture. We know what's wrong. We don't want you to go through the hassle. I get the pair of shoes. They're great. They held up. I'm wearing them right now. My feet feel fantastic. So that that's a recovery yeah. that makes me say, you know what? I'm, I'm not going to hesitate to order from them again. Yeah. And that's, I, I love that. And I've had that happen before in, in for instance, like when I'm talking to say like Comcast or something like that, I've gone another channel and, and I've been frustrated with one channel. So I go to another channel and I get it resolved mm. in, in a much more kind of quote unquote VIP uh, scenario. And it brings me to the next question in terms of this guarantee that we're talking about and implementing within a company, it's part of the culture, right? And I know you've written some books and talk a lot about culture. How does the, the guarantee experience get implemented into a culture? So culture, let's define that. Culture is what people do. So if we talk about organizational culture, it's the set of, of behaviors that that group in the organization engages in. And sometimes it's explicit. We've written it down. And sometimes it's implicit. It's just, hey, that's how we do things around here. But culture is behavior. And so what the guaranteed customer experience model does is it allows you to operationalize those behaviors. You start with the promise. The promise is, hey, everybody, this is what we're shooting for. And then the action is really all of the process, procedures, product decisions that you make to ensure that you're keeping that promise There's a deli in uh, Portland, Oregon called Elephants, and their brand promise is great local foods from scratch since 1979. And I had a chance to interview uh, one of their marketing leaders uh, recently. Mm -hmm. And part of their action item is actually marketing their chefs and even procurement. They get together and figure out with new menu items, can we actually keep our promise? And, And they'll make changes where they'll say, you know what, we can't get these strawberries right now, they're not fresh, they're not in season. We need to change the menu so we're still keeping our promise. And so that's a a big element in terms of those are behaviors that reinforce this culture, the promise matter. And then finally, you know, recovery, you have to give employees the tools, the resources, the authority to make things right when something goes wrong because something will go wrong. Yeah, that's true. That is the case. Now for a short break, let's learn more about Unifor. Unifor is the global leader in conversational service automation. 
The company's vision is to disrupt an outdated customer service model by bridging the gap between human and machine using voice, AI, and automation so that every voice on every call is truly heard. For more information about Unifor, go to www.unifor.com, email podcast at unifor.com, or tweet at Unifor. Now, back to the podcast. On a previous podcast, uh, we talked with Nate Brown uh, over at Fishium Labs uh, and the, the founder of, of CX Accelerator, which is a great Slack community that I think both of you and I are, are a part of. And, and Nate talks about how the customer experience, uh, of course, is important, but how do you find out what truly motivates customers to buy from? You know, is there a process that you see where that, that you've learned through the research in your book where you see uh, it m- really motivating the employees as well as the customers to kind of kind of come back and, and really buy more from you. So if we're talking about motivation, I think it's good that we're kind of looking at customers and employees separately. Yeah, for sure. Let's start with employees because this particular book does not spend as much time on what motivates employees. I have addressed that in a lot of other books, including the Service Culture Handbook and Getting Service Right. The surprising answer to employee motivation is that employees don't need to be motivated. And we spent so much time in customer service trying to motivate our customer service employees. But the research is really, really crystal clear on this. Employees walk in the door motivated if you've hired correctly. So that's the caveat. Right. But if you've hired a great employee, they don't walk in the door saying, you know, I I can't wait to be disgruntled. I can't wait (laughs) to do a bad job. No, they're excited. They're like, this is going to be great. This is going to be fantastic. I'm going to make a difference. And then reality sets in and they get demotivated when they realize how hard it is to consistently make both their boss and their customers happy. And so on the employee motivation side, the best, most customer-centric companies, they make it real easy for their employees to be great. And that's where their natural motivation comes out. Now, on the customer side, it's a little bit different. And from a customer perspective, you know, why do we purchase a product or a service? Why are we loyal to a brand? And truly, it's about solving problems. And so the problem I'm solving from on a road trip and I see a Bucky's billboard is I need a clean restroom. And you talked about that in the book. There was a section where you talk about, um, it was an exercise, like first state your problem. Yeah. I need this or I need, right? Related back to that. So, but your your customers will state it often in that language, I need. And then whatever comes after that is, yeah. is frequently their problem. So in the customer service world, if I get a call from a customer and, and the customer says, I need to give this item as a gift and you sent me the wrong color. Mm-hmm. The customer service agent is often trained to say, well, let's get you the right color. But but that's not what they said. They said, I need to give this as a gift. And so that's really the problem they're trying to solve. We need to do a better job of hearing that. Yeah. And so in the customer service world, when you hear the real problem that a customer has, you can address that and do a better job of recovery. We had a question that came in from Kay Phelps. She says, seems like agent empowerment is key to successful recovery. Do you agree? I like the statement with the question at the end. It's always loaded. <laughs> um, but thank you, Kay. Um, yes, I do agree with you. I will also add that the way customer-centric 
companies define empowerment is very different than how most of us define empowerment. Uh-huh. I think traditionally we think of empowerment as authority. Right. And that's not really it. Empowerment is I'm enabling my employees to provide a great service or a great recovery. And authority is part of it, but procedures are actually a big part of it as mm-hmm. well. Resources are a part of it. So as an example, I was working with a tech support team and one person would get a common problem and it would take them 30 minutes to work through the issue and solve it. One of their colleagues found a different approach and it would take them just five minutes. Now, if we just give people authority, then it's like, do what you want. Well, I feel bad for those customers where it takes them 30 minutes instead of five. But if we have a clear procedure that says, this is the best practice as we know it, now everybody can solve the same problem in five minutes. So it's really about enabling people to have a good recovery. Gotcha. All right. Well, thanks, uh, Kay, for that answer, or for that question, and Jeff for answering that. Uh, and if you guys have any other questions, make sure to chime on in. And if we don't answer them in this live session, feel free to comment on this video or on the podcast. You can always tweet Jeff at at Toyster. That's T O I S T E R. And always you can tweet at Unifor at Unifor, and the hashtag is CTM. Unifor, CTM Unifor. All right. So uh, the subhead in your book is called How to Win Customers by Keeping Your Promises. And of course, uh, I have a question on that. How often are promises broken by companies from your viewpoint? Are we talking about like 90% of promises are broken? Like, What is the state of the world where promises are, are broken by, by companies? I think as a consumer, if, if we think about how many times we have to deal with an issue. It's probably daily. Yeah. It's it's epidemic. I lost an hour, over an hour yesterday, talking to three different customer service reps who were not empowered. Kay, I I know you feel me here. (laughs) They were not empowered to solve my issue. Yeah. And that's one hour out of 24. That's not even the only customer service issue I experienced. So as customers, it's daily. Now, for brands, it varies widely. And, and I'll give you a, a real simple issue, fast food order accuracy. If you look at ordering something in a fast food line, part of the experience is that they hand you the bag and then when you get to your destination, you open it and what's in the bag <laughs> Better be what you ordered. is what you ordered, right? <laughs> totally, yeah. So there's a company called a uh, fast food place out east called Pals that their order accuracy is 99.9%. That's pretty phenomenal. If you go to some of the larger chains, some of their drive-through order accuracy rates are sub 90%, which means that more than one out of 10 orders is wrong. So that level of consistency, just that small thing of simply putting in the bag what the customer expected and ordered, that is huge. And there's huge variety from brand to brand. Yeah, that's a great example. I never heard of Pals before, uh, but definitely, uh, let's just talk about fast food for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> it's making me hungry. Can we? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I think of the difference between, say, McDonald's or like Chick-fil-A. Like Chick-fil-A yeah. drive through experience, at least in California, where my experience is, is phenomenal. I don't know what it is, but just the, the process, how fast it goes through, what you get at the end, the quality of the food, the options. I don't know. I'm just a big fan of that brand. Yeah. And I don't know if they specifically have a guarantee. I have to take a look at their kind of branding and, and messaging, but uh, it definitely isn't a 
untalked about guarantee that when you go there, you get a great experience. Um, do you find that with some companies where it's not, you know, I think there was a guy here in the in the Bay Area, what was the name? Paul the Diamond Center. Back in the day, he used to say, I guarantee it, right? Uh, was it him or was it uh, Shane Company? I forgot which one it was, but there was one where they always actually say it every single time in their commercials. Um, do you think it's something that people will actually need to have within their branding and messaging? Or, or is it just people expect it these days, customers expect it? You don't need to say the word guarantee. In, in fact, you know, sometimes you could overuse the word. Yeah. But it's really about, are you making a promise? So one of them that I really remember is Men's Warehouse. And the founder, uh, George Zimmer, he would say, you're going to like the way that you look. I guarantee it. You know, that's that's part of it. That's who it was. I don't know why I thought of the, yeah. <laughs> thought of the Diamond Center, but yes. <laughs> but I, and I, I thought about writing about them in the book, but, you know, they, they've moved away yeah. from that. It's, their business has changed quite a bit. Yeah. Their business has changed. So I think here's here's part of the challenge. Just saying, I guarantee it, does not make it a guarantee. If you're not taking action to keep that promise, and if you don't have a recovery process, I'll give you an example. It's not related to business, but it's one of the most famous guarantees is Joe Namath guaranteed that the New York Jets would win the Super Bowl. And if you're a sports fan, you've probably heard of this. He said, we're going to win. I guarantee it. (laughs) <laughs> but that wasn't a guarantee because what was Joe Namath prepared to do if the Jets had lost their the game? Now, we'll never know because they won. Yeah. But there was a college basketball player, Courtney Paris, and her team was going into the uh, NC2A tournament. She said, we're going to win the tournament. I guarantee it. And if we don't, I will give back all of my scholarship. Wow. And they lost. They didn't win the tournament. And she actually did said, it. I'm oh. going to make good on this. Now, her school said, no, 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 we're, we're good. We'll find some other way. We appreciate the gesture. But that's yeah. you're putting real teeth into it now when you have a recovery. So yeah, if sure. the word guarantee, it, that doesn't matter as much as a clear and convincing promise that you're prepared to uphold. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. We're coming uh, up on, on time here on our half hour. And so this is, again, uh, just wanted to reiterate what's going on here. We're talking to Jeff Toyster. He's the author of The Guaranteed Customer Experience, uh, among other books, right? What are some of the other books that you've written? So I'm, I'm up to four now. Wow. The Service Culture Handbook, which explores how to get your employees obsessed with service. Getting Service Right, which explores why employees provide poor service. There's often a lot more behind it than we would imagine. And finally, customer service tip of the week. I have a weekly email. It's one email, one tip once per week. And I just took more than 52 of my favorites and put them into a book to serve as a resource guide. All right, so up on the screen, we have your website. And for those listening on the audio podcast, it's toystersolutions.com. That's T-O-I-S-T-E-R solutions.com. We'll put that in the show notes. Make sure everyone knows. And we also wrote up your book on a blog post on the Unifor website. If you guys haven't checked it out, these are the top books CX leaders should read in 2021. I highly recommend it. Go to bit.ly slash 2021 CX books uh, with Jeff's along with others are recommended by other CX uh, thought leaders in the industry. So definitely uh, go there. And then uh, Jeff, let's talk about, you set up a, a special link for our listeners uh, about the guaranteed customer experience. Tell us about that. So if if you decide to buy the book, and I hope you do, a couple things you should know about it. 
Uh, one is you'll find my contact information in there, my personal email and phone number on page five, <laughs> along with a guarantee. I guarantee the book. And then I always like to add a little extra when I can. So if you go to guaranteedexperience.com slash Unifor, if you purchase a book, there's a little form on that page mm-hmm. where you can send me your mailing address. And since we can't really get together in person right now to do a book signing, I will send you a personalized book plate. If you're not sure what a book plate is, it's a special sticker. You stick it right inside the front cover of the book and voila. That's great. Signed book. Awesome. So I'm happy to send that to you. Cool. I'll definitely be doing that. Put it on on my bookshelf back there. Very cool. Well, uh, I appreciate your time. And I think, uh, you know, we, we got some uh, questions from a few different people. Last one here, we got Kay. Some companies, legal departments actually prohibit using guarantee in marketing. That is very true. Something that, uh, yeah, you need to have a discussion with your, with your teams about and, and, and figure out what's the best uh, way to word it and making sure that you, yeah, that you, that, and the end all be all is that you're thinking about the customers, right? I mean, you want to make sure that that is the case, right? Wouldn't you agree, Jeff? Well, and to Kay's point, they're, they're, if we market something, especially using the word guarantee, yeah. we're creating, a, in a sense, a, a legal contract. Yeah. But whether you use the word explicitly or you make an explicit promise or even an implicit promise, the implicit promise in the drive-thru is that my order is going to be right. Yeah. All of those things become important. And if you're keeping your promises, you're probably delivering a good experience. All right. Well, thanks, uh, Jeff. And again, we have the link up on your on the website up here, guaranteedexperience.com slash Unifor. Uh, appreciate your time and really loved the book. Really enjoyed it. And I hope all of you out there that are listening uh, take a full advantage of it. It's definitely something that you should incorporate within to your contact center organization. As always, if you are listening to this podcast, make sure to give us some feedback. We want to hear how you like this conversation, uh, how you like these topics. And you can just send us an email at podcast at unifor.com. And we'd love to hear back from you guys. And without further ado, thank you, Jeff. Everyone have a great day. And we'll talk to you soon at the next Conversations That Matter podcast. You have been listening to the Conversations That Matter podcast by Unifor. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast player and rate and review to enable us to create relevant and valuable content for your business. If you'd like to learn more about conversational service automation, visit unifor.com. Have a great day.